Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. Every year when we come to the end of the month of May, I dedicate a little bit of the days, of the, uh, the closing days of the month, to simply remembering, after all, it is the time of Memorial Day. But I always like to look back over the past month and understand what has occurred. So often this was the school year, the academic year, winding down. Uh, not only when I was myself in school, but even when I was teaching at the university, May was a time of winding down, of drawing to a conclusion. But there was an aspect of May that I remember that from my childhood, and I think those of you who are at least of my age, which I will not reveal, uh, will remember that the month of May was dedicated to Mary. Now, in fact, uh, so in, intense was that identification of that month with Mary that May became a kind of nickname for Mary. We had a neighbor whose actual name was Mary Fiend, but we all called her May. And it's remarkable that May and Mary seem to intertwine, and I remember such uh, charming little customs such as the May altar that we had within our, our home and the, the dedication to the recitation of the rosary. But how did that happen, that identification? The great uh, Catholic poet Gerard Manley Hopkins in the 19th century himself asked that question. And in fact, it was a question that he tried to answer in a wonderful poem of his entitled May Magnificat. And in that poem, he himself asked, well, why May, when most of the great feast of Mary, like Lady Day, March 25th, or Candlemas, which is February the 2nd, are more uh, closely identified with May? Why now this month? And in the poem, and I would encourage you to read it because it is, it is such a marvelous expression of how, in fact, nature itself can become a revelation of, uh, of the gospel. But he entitled the poem May Magnificat because he associated the Magnificat of Mary in which Mary, in her great proclamation, announced that the whole of her life was dedicated to magnifying the Lord. And in a sense, the poet says, isn't this what occurs in nature in May? That in its blossoming, in its flourishing, is coming to life, it becomes an enormous magnification of the power and the creative energy and love of God. And it is Mary herself that draws us to that, that reality, that uh, in, in Mary, through whom new life came into the world, we have a magnification of the power of God that we see so abundantly in human nature. I have uh, a fondness for the month of May because all three of my ordinations as a deacon, as a priest, and as a bishop took place in May. 
And in fact, my priestly ordination took place on the Feast of the Visitation of Mary. And I look at the calendar and I realize that there are now three feast days dedicated to Mary in the month of May. Two of them are fairly recent. Our Lady of Fatima on May 13th, the Feast of Mary, Mother of the Church, on May 24th, and the Feast of the Visitation on May 31st. And each of these feast days tells us something about how the devotion of Mary becomes so important in Catholic life. After all, historically, the devotion to Mary has been a hallmark of Catholic life. And we think of Mary, the mother of the Church, the Blessed Mother who gave birth to Christ, and in a sense also to his body, the Church. And that Church, then by the example of Mary, the mother of the Church, giving birth to other disciples through our witness, through our invitation, and through the gift of baptism. I think of the Feast of the Visitation of Mary, and I've always found it slightly remarkable that, in fact, the first thing that Mary does after being told she was to be the mother of the Savior, which was to be accomplished in a powerful, miraculous way through the power of the Holy Spirit, first thing she does was run off to the Judean hillside to visit her cousin, her cousin Elizabeth, who was expecting a child. And it always gave the sense of the fact that when you are gifted by God, when you are called by God, you are called to mission. And God's grace is not only for our own sanctification, but our empowerment to perform that mission, especially the mission to demonstrate the love of God for our neighbor. Then I think of Our Lady of Fatima, again, a fairly recent feast day. And I think not only of the apparition of our Blessed Mother to the three young children at Fatima, but other ways by which our Blessed Mother has appeared to the faithful. And these apparitions, although they they came in different times, different places, and had slightly different messages, always contain certain commonalities. You may notice that the apparitions of Mary are always a sign of compassion and fellowship. And I look at the various representations of the Blessed Virgin Mary based upon their appearances, not only in Europe, uh, in Latin America, in Mexico, in Vietnam, and in Japan, Mary always appeared as like those to whom she is appearing. Mary is one of us. And being one of us, she is recognized as such by the faithful throughout the the world. You may also notice that Mary appears most frequently to what the gospel calls the little ones. 
And it reminds me of what our Lord said in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 11, verse 25, if you are looking it up. I give praise to my Father, Jesus says, for hiding this from the learned and the clever, but revealing it to the little ones. And that is the message of his love and power and the whole of the gospel. And I think it probably is because the little ones still preserve a profound innocence and a great receptivity to the message that is to be brought to us. But these apparitions that that we honor also reveal to us or call to memory the scriptural reality of Mary who was present at all of the foundational events of our salvation except one. And we look at Mary and realize that she is our future. This is what we are to be. As Mary is now, we are to be. If we are faithful to her son, Jesus Christ, and continue that pilgrimage of faith through Christ into our Heavenly Father. I think of the hymn, the Stella Maris, which calls the Blessed Mother the star of the sea. That is the star that allowed pilots to write their their direction, to arrive uh, safely at their destination. And Mary, that star of the sea, is allowing us to realize that she is with us, she's walking with us, she's reminding us of the power of Jesus Christ, she's urging us forward, pointing the way, but always magnifying the power of God and pointing as the star of the sea to the figure of her Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We honor Mary We ask for her continued intercession and prayers as we continue that marvelous pilgrimage of grace and prayer to our eternal destination. 